This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast. My name is Sam and I love the ocean. Hey everyone, this is Samantha Falcucci on the Big Scuba Podcast, talking to you about all things ocean and space. Hello there. Hello. Hello. Hey. <laughs> nice to meet you all. Yeah, nice yeah. to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah. So whereabouts are you based at the moment? I'm in New York City. Right. Okay. Oh, very yeah. nice. Yeah. What part? Right in the heart of Manhattan. Cool. So uh, hello from the Big Apple. Have you ever been? I have, yes. yes. Several years ago, yeah. So welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. We have Samantha Fulcucci on the other line in Manhattan, New York. So welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. In the Big Apple. In the Big Apple. Hello, Big Scuba podcast. Really happy to be here. <laughs> Great. Well, it's lovely to have you. So we'll kick things off. Um, would you like to tell our audience a little bit about yourself and who you are and what you do? Sure. So hi, everyone. My name is Samantha Falcucci. I'm a technology professional in New York City and have been a lifelong lover of the ocean since I was a child. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, quite a frequent beachgoer with my family. Um, we we're very lucky to uh, travel around the Caribbean um, for some summers growing up. And so I, I really grew up with a, a love for the ocean and um, it was really a passion from a young age. And so that carried with me when I was 17 years old, I got advanced scuba certified and um, eventually wanted to go to college to study marine biology and did and had some uh, changes throughout my interest in college, as some people do, and, and ended up switching gears away from marine biology and studied information systems, uh, which is where I uh, progressed into the technology career that I have today. But my goal has been to keep marine biology, uh, conservation, and the ocean and scuba diving a part of my life and a part of my hobbies um, and professional life as much as I possibly can. And so um, definitely doing some online uh, type of advocacy, citizen science projects, and scuba diving whenever I can um, in the real world. So um, it is not related to my day job right now, but I'm really passionate about making sure that people know that that's okay and that um, you know you can fit it into your lives no matter what. Yeah. So do your family all scuba dive as well? Did, was that a natural thing that you then just took it on? No, that's a great question. I am the only person in my family who scuba dives. So at a very young age, I was the the young girl who showed up on a dive boat <laughs> with uh, <laughs> me, myself and I. And luckily, I have very supportive family. And oftentimes they would come onto the boat and snorkel with me, uh, pretending that they could see something 60 feet down below. Who, who actually <laughs> knows? But uh, no, it, it was something that I knew I wanted to do and always had a bit of a bit of determination uh, for a long time and so when I sought out to do it I, I did it and so um, it is myself I would love to get my family to join me mm. but um, right now it is just myself yeah, yeah. so you've been diving quite a while then 
Yes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in my twenties, late twenties. So, uh, it's been over 10 years now and I got started at an early age. People certainly get started earlier than 17 years old, but, um, it was pretty early, early for me and, and something that was important to me. Yeah. So what qualification are you just advanced open water or have you done anything further? I'm advanced open water, uh, with NAWI. I, my goal right now is I definitely want to get to a dry suit certification because believe it or not, I haven't done that yet. I'm a, I'm a bit of a baby. I, I would prefer to be in the Caribbean warm <laughs> water and I still wear a five millimeter suit in the Caribbean. So you can imagine how much I suffer when Thirsty. I'm in cold water. Yeah. But um, I got certified in a quarry up here in the Northeast. It's called mm-hmm. Dutch Springs. It's quite popular for, for the U.S. and um, a lot of people actually uh, travel to come experience it. It's quite cool. They have sunken school buses and airplanes and ships. Um, and so I got certified there, which is quite cold um, yeah. in, a, in a seven mil. And a lot of people do dry suit there. So yeah. I was back out there earlier in June for the first time in a long time. And uh, I was jealous of those in their dry suits. So <laughs> maybe we'll get to that. What I was just going to say about, you know, what's New York like for diving? We, we, you, you know, we all know and love the, the things about New York and uh, especially the tourist. Uh, yeah, but diving is well. just. But is New York well known for diving? Is there places that you can go around the island? Yes, absolutely. There are. And I have just discovered this myself over the last year or so. And so I'm I'm new into the game, but I am very familiar with what is out here. And um, the, there is quite a bit. And so I joined the New York City Scuba Club It's called yeah. the New York City Sea Gypsies. Um, very reputable group amazing uh, experience, technical divers, um, recreational divers, and, and they're out there every weekend in uh, any sort of body of water that they can possibly get their hands on. And so in the Northeast and in the Atlantic Ocean, there are quite a bit of wrecks sunk yeah. around here. Um, so that's really the main attraction is the wreck diving. And with that, you know, obviously comes meeting the skill set and yeah. the right certifications to do that. But um, yeah, there are some very serious divers around here who get to those wrecks, which is really cool. Yeah. So is something like wreck diving something on your list to have a go at? Yes, it is. It definitely is. Um, I have to do it safely too, because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot to know when you go into something like that. So we usually with the club, we practice in something like Dutch Springs, you know, get reels and uh, redundant air and, Mm. Um, even messing with your dry suit and making sure that that's all set to go. And so I know that that's some of the things that the folks in the club do um, and certainly something I hope to do and then eventually get out to some boat diving and wreck diving here. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So with your um, career, you work for Microsoft, is that? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So does that, does scuba diving, do people know that you scuba dive, who you work with? Does it kind of, is it a talking point? It's definitely a talking point. Um, They're a bit of separate worlds, but I try to combine them as much as I can. And so Microsoft, I I really value and and I'm proud to work there because even though it's not necessarily my particular day job, but the company itself has uh, quite a bit of emphasis on sustainability and and just really doing good in the world, Mm -hmm. uh, especially from an environmental aspect. And as a matter of fact, looking at it right now, I 
am using their new uh, mouse that is made out of ocean plastics. Yeah, recyclable mouse made out of plastics recovered from the ocean. And so, you know, it's, I I am not the person that made that mouse, but I'm very proud to work at a company that Mm. um, values that and it is something that I can utilize as well. So right now I work with customers that are not related to Um, you know, the ocean or um, anything like that. But I hope to in the future. And that is certainly my career goal. Isn't it brilliant that a company as big as Microsoft uh, are looking at doing this with a a mouse? And that'll probably be, I'm sure, will then expand onto maybe laptops laptops and computers and all these things. You know, uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Because there's companies like Microsoft that then lead for other companies. The smaller ones, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite stories is our underwater data centers. Um, you know, data centers take a lot of electricity and mm-hmm. a lot of energy to keep cool because there's just so much going on. Uh, last thing you need with any sort of uh, outage, as we saw one very famously happen last week. Yeah. Um, you know, the last thing you need is something to overheat. And so something that I know Microsoft has been exploring is underwater data centers so that the cooling is actually just happening through the temperature of the water and not utilizing um, extra energy to do that. So I, that's one of my favorite stories. That's really good. Yeah. And then obviously you've got connection to space as well. So which is kind of related to the underwater world because we see mm-hmm. people doing their training, you know, with diving to be astronauts as well. So, yeah. so have you kind of connected those two together as well? Yeah, my, my joke is I'd rather be up in space or I'd rather be down below. So uh, there's definitely, there's definitely a connection between the two um, really from a, a, a mental and, and a physical aspect. I think, you know, the, the, uh, the, the skills that you need to excel in an underwater world are very similar to what you have to do to excel in a extreme environment such as space. And so for space, I am an analog astronaut. And what that means is I get involved in programs and with organizations to basically study the human factors and um, effects of a isolated environment or an extreme mm-hmm. environment such as, such as space. And so I spent um, over a week this past summer in the Mojave Desert pretending we were on Mars. <laughs> and then so, um, it was a lot of fun, um, a lot of learning lessons, a lot of challenges as well. And so I think a lot of the skills that I learned in scuba diving are, I bring into those types of experiences because a lot of it is just about staying calm under pressure and, um, you know, making sure that your gear is all in check and uh, you're being safe and, and things like that. So um, definitely passionate about space and the ocean. So how long were you all locked away then, pretending that you're in Mars? It was over a week, um, about 10 days. We had some some uh, pre-simulation and, and post-simulation days of that. But um, NASA actually just re- started their own program and they just put uh, those guys away for, I think, a, quite a bit of time, maybe I think over a month that they're staying uh, within an isolated environment. So definitely very real there's a lot of learning lessons that come out of that mm. i'd love to be an aquanaut one day uh that is a thing you nice. can <laughs> it is it's, it's called an aquanaut and it's a lot of the uh trainings that astronauts go through 
are under underwater and so mm-hmm. to be trained to do that is definitely a goal as well are you talking about the uh, neutral buoyancy lab yes yes mm-hmm. neutral buoyancy lab there's also i think it's called it might be called nemo um there's a facility yeah. i believe perhaps it's in florida um, but there's a facility where they yeah. essentially are in this simulated environment just down below and very similar to if you were in space yeah, and you go out to a spacewalk. I think, mm, I think yeah. that's what Michael Fink was telling us about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ultimately one day, are you hoping to make it into space? I would certainly like to. I believe that the um, opportunities for commercial space flight are really advancing. Mm. We've seen it in, in things like the Inspiration4 mission, if you're familiar with that that happened a few weeks ago where yeah. real life people um, flew with SpaceX up, up into space for three days. And I, I think that that's only going to keep growing. Blue mm-hmm. Origin is putting some people up in space this week. So um, I think the legitimate experiences of those sorts of things will expand. And I would love to be a citizen scientist on the moon one day. But there's so much of our oceans that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. you know so although it's great to go off to mars and what have you we still need people like you to go and find these what's going on over that way uh in the oceans yeah well 70 percent of the world is water especially when we talk to people like another previous guest richard garrett and he was telling us about down at mariana trench how all these cables are all being cut you know all all that stuff needs to be into and uh you know, it's going to take people like yourself to go investigate all that sort of stuff, and you know, yeah, another pioneer. It's, it's it's exploration as well, isn't it? It's- yeah, absolutely. Be an explorer, and and no matter where you want to go, what your family direction. say about all this thing? What was that? What does your family say about all this exploring? <laughs> My family is supportive. They're very supportive, overly supportive, and are used to um, you know me being an adventurous soul so um i've been whether it was me getting you know advanced certified at 17 or going off to university far away or whatever it was they were always supportive of my my goals my antics so um they're happy i'm sure they they wish i would just follow along the the typical path of life (laughs) but uh there's no fun in that sometimes no No. they probably thought wow she's now working for microsoft that'd be quiet she'll settle down and no (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you've got a big um passion for marine plastic as well so you do that in new jersey as well on the shore yeah that's correct um there's an organization called the plastic wave uh project and it's been uh, a really rewarding to work with them. And essentially they have a call out for citizen scientists in the New Jersey, the Jersey Shore area. And over the course of a year, we've been monitoring and collecting microplastic samples. Um, so within my particular town that I, uh, my parents live in, uh, we go out there on a seasonal basis and take a variety of samples and count how many microplastics are present in them. And I think that that's really important because, you know, you think of New York City, you think of the metropolis, you think of the buildings and you think of the pavement, but they're, we're surrounded by water here. Mm. I'm on an island. I may not be on a Caribbean island, but, but I'm on an island and there's a lot of wildlife and um, important ecosystems here. 
and mm-hmm. to keep that in check is is really important. So um, definitely doing what I can within my own time that I have, uh, you know, outside of my professional world to to contribute to things like that. So when you say you get a sample, do you t- do you take like um, uh, a, like a square meter on, on a beach and then see how many bits of plastic? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, we so get we similar take... on our uh, on our beach. Yeah, here, don't we, do. we? Yeah. we get a little tiny, like little what they call noodles, noodles, yeah. little tiny <laughs> little bits where they've been smoothed down to little balls. Yep. Yes, small pieces that you'll find when you sift through the sand. So we'll take a square meter of the dune line, the high tide, and the low tide, and we'll take multiple samples within each and uh, sift it down but I mean you'll find bottle caps you'll find giant pieces of plastic but you'll also start to get down if you look really closely you'll see a piece of purple and a piece of blue or a piece of red and um, you realize that that these sorts of things are are sitting there some animal is going to consume it may Mm -hmm. even get back into our chain at some point Um, so it's 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 a problem it really is Mm -hmm. yeah but it's doing you know little things you know, they may sound small, but they're just it's the awareness that everybody is hearing about the plastic on the beach, you know, in somewhere so built up as well. It's great. It's good what Microsoft are doing, but why has it took so long for a company like Microsoft? Uh, I'm picking on them. You know, there's other companies the same. Why has it took them so long to come up with, let's make a mouse and make it out of recycled plastic? It's something so simple as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm, yeah, I, I think so. I, I don't know how long it's it's taken, and we've had a variety of efforts for many many years uh, since our inception. But I think that we're definitely the forefront in in how we're recognizing our commitment to being carbon neutral, carbon negative, even, mm. um, and just some of the sustainability efforts that we've mentioned. So uh, I think companies around the world need to do more. Um, need and, and more companies need to do that, not just the big giants that we hear about um, outside of every industry, outside of technology. Everybody needs to figure out what their place is in this and how they can help improve whatever product they have, whatever service they provide. Um, you know, when you think of fishing and, and commercial fishing and, and all of that, uh, it, it makes me sick sometimes to think of what what. The, they're doing out there so everybody needs to identify what exactly they can make a difference in yeah yeah there are companies out there you know like fourth element they're actually making clothing from recycled plastic as well so there are you know it's great to see efforts like that and there are other com- you know companies it's not just fourth element there are lots of others they're using the recycled material to manufacture clothing yeah. which is great yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i think we all can make individual choices uh, you know i I did not dedicate my my studies and my professional career to um, to conservation or, or to studying it, but I find ways in my own personal life where I can make that difference. And that's what I really encourage everyone to do, even if you didn't go and, and seek out, a, you're not a PhD in, in marine biology, that's okay. You can still do something about this and you can still make personal choices that will make a big difference. And so whether that is being very wise about what you buy, what you mm. purchase, whether that is food and meat or clothing, um, plastic products, really thinking about what what that is for you and what that looks like for you and your personal lives to make a change. 
Yeah. Well, even like single use plastic as well. And, you know, not having water bottles and mm. yeah, just yeah. having. Your yeah. It's a really important. So do you find um, kind of your friends and family are inspired by what you're doing? Or do you think that message is still quite hard to get out there to the broader public? I, I think I'm surrounded by a great community. So they, they understand it. They support it. Um, my, I, I live with my sister and she's as much of a recycler as, as anybody in the world. So she's, uh, if anything, she's probably better at it sometimes than I am. So I, we definitely try to be mindful about all of those sorts of things. You know, I, I was just, uh, on a trip with a, a group of friends for, um, uh, in the Bahamas for a bachelorette party and I was the one who brought my snorkel and was out catching hermit crabs at 8 a.m in the morning and so they just you know Sam's doing her thing that's everybody knows that that's kind of what what I'm off doing um, and they accept it and and hopefully support it. Mm. So how often do you get to go diving? Not as much as I would like I I try to get out a, just a handful um, a few times a year I prefer to really explore the Caribbean. I think that that is where the most exciting wildlife is for me to mm. view um, and, and just the most beautiful and captivating. So I hope to explore more of that area. Um, COVID definitely obviously put a wrench in some travel plans, but that's what led me to the New York City Sea Gypsies Club and really exploring what kind of opportunities and uh, diving opportunities are out here because there are quite a bit more than I have thought and so if we can't travel I figured why not look locally and mm. that's what I'm trying to do yeah yeah that's what was um, been happening in, in this country isn't it really yeah everyone's you know a lot of people because we weren't traveling same you know same as you uh there was a big focus on UK diving which is nice you know a lot of people who never considered diving uh, until this year getting the dry know, seats on because they yeah. thought well they only die <laughs> right riverboard you know in the red sea but you know for a lot of people that's their first time actually diving off, right. off our coast and they're like oh wow i didn't realize all these yeah. things were there yeah i think you know until the people get underwater they don't realize kind of how diverse the uk coastline is mm. you know we've got seals we get basking sharks so it's yeah open mm-hmm. to people's eyes and hopefully you know another thing that we want to achieve through the podcast is encourage more people to give diving a go and particularly youngsters because it seems like sometimes it's quite an old older person's hobby when you look at some of the quarries don't we will yeah. say that you know the yeah. middle-aged gang and that's it sorry that <laughs> well, in trouble now no. <laughs> but you know like youngsters you know like it's great to hear you know you qualified as a 17 year old and you know you've got that whole journey ahead of you and yeah. it'd be so nice to see so many more youngsters kind of give it a go yeah you because know, I think if you went to a high school and said do you want to try scuba diving maybe because there's a lack of knowledge they don't really understand kind of the implications of what an amazing world it opens up and yeah. career path as well absolutely no I've like I said I've always sort of been the the outlier on the boat or or the outlier in the club of of, of the young girl who's who's scuba diving but I hope to make a space and inspire other people to do the same there's there's no reason to be afraid no reason to let that deter you from from trying something new but I do think yes there's definitely some advocacy and that we can do around getting younger people more involved in, in scuba diving and 
it really is the coolest thing. I think everybody should do it. It's amazing. No? You know, that first thing, you know, sight of being underwater and breathing uh, underwater. Yeah, breathing. And you see, you know, things wishing about in the currents and fish <laughs> and all sorts of, you know, like the background that you've got behind you, you know, it's yeah. amazing. Yes. No, my, I, I tell people when I talk about why they should scuba dive and I, I explain how my first breath underwater, I, I truly remember that it was just in the training pool, but I had spent all my time as a kid running around the waters and, and running on the beaches, playing in the pool, just wishing I could stay under and yeah. I didn't have to come back up. And suddenly I could, and that was, it was practically life-changing for me. So um, there's no other special feeling than um, I'm around 50, 50 yeah. dives. And you logging them? I am. Yes. I'm logging them. I still have my trusty Naui log book from when I first got certified. Um, yeah. and that thing I still carry with me. Yeah. 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 No, we speak to, we've spoken to divers. Some of them are in their hundreds and thousands and they still log them. And then others, yeah, just kind of stop because they've got that far forward. But, and then regret it. Yeah. But they did they stop. Yeah. 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 Because it's just you can look back on your log and just remember that day so much more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I like to try to take notes about what kind of wildlife I saw or whether it was a wreck or, or some sort of interesting sunken thing. Um, so I, I definitely try and log all my dives. Maybe when I get into the thousands, hopefully eventually <laughs> one day, uh, then maybe I'll stop. But um, for now, I'm, I like to document everything and uh, get to look back on the memories. It's good that you talk about citizen science because, you know, that's a, I think that's a, a subject. Uh, one has come up quite a bit with previous guests, but I think that will be something that comes with technology more and more mm. uh, as time goes on. Because mm -hmm. not, you know, it's hard to be a diver of any sort, whereas free diving, snorkeling or scuba diving and not have some element and eye on what's going on with climate change and things things like that you know and especially now the tourism is coming back mm. um and a lot of far and remote places like galapagos and those sort of places rely on the tourists and take part in citizen science so yes citizen really science citizen science is really important it's a portal that I think we can really take advantage of. There's ordinary people that have time and, and are willing to contribute to projects. Something as simple as even just a beach cleanup to a study that somebody like the microplastics study, for example, somebody wants to spin up. People, people want to get involved, I've, I've found. They just kind of need that structure and that um, avenue and way to do it. And so if you provide them with the right tools, the right instructions to do a yeah. certain study, they'll contribute uh, and they'll do it with their kids too. I, I think um, that's a, the family opportunity is something to really tap into because especially now with COVID and, and especially over the last year where there was a lot of wor working and, and learning from home, there was an opportunity for people to kind of spin up their own projects and get involved in certain ways just within their local communities. Mm. Uh, because they were all just sitting here we were all just here and so um, that's sort of where I found myself where I can contribute to the local community in the Jersey Shore that I grew up around and I care so much about and can um, you know 
bring that to other people and, and share with them the opportunities that they have to do the same. So your findings go to where? The microplastic, the, the plastic wave project. So they're collecting all the data and creating their own, um, uh, you know, conclusions based off of that. But then does action happen on the back of that? Yes. So they're an educational outreach nonprofit. So they're going to use their findings to educate the public and really assess what kind of change we may need um, for the future. Mm. Mm. Well, there's lots of these, yes, nonprofit organizations, you know, focused on plastic as well as, you know, we see it with like different marine animals as well. And yeah, it's just a case of getting all that information shared to make it a bigger message. Yes. And I, I, that it's an important point and we have to make sure that that actually happens. You know, what is the, what is the point of doing all the work and collecting all the data if it isn't communicated Mm. at the end of the day? And, um, as you know I hope to be able to contribute to that in some way um, you know making sure that the conclusions that are shared are actually communicated well Uh, we don't want scientists to work in in a box and and we want their findings to be able to be communicated outside Mm. yeah it was an interesting um, interview on the BBC website today with Prince Charles of all people Mm -hmm. he's a big big environmentalist you know takes after his dad and um well, oh yeah they asked him about his ass do you have you seen it and it's i don't know if you've seen it but it's, it's quite a good interview it only lasts about a couple a couple of minutes and um but he talks about getting the young people involved and uh there isn't enough done because you know the politicians all sit around drinking tea and eating biscuits and talking about that's great let's do all this then nothing happens and Prince Charles is making a very a valid mm. and good point, saying, well, you kind of need the young people involved because uh, I suppose the great because they get they get yeah. stuff done. They don't just sit about talking, you know, it's right, let's do stuff. And it's interesting to hear Prince Charles saying, you know, that's all right, you know, we've COP26 happening in a few weeks' time, but you need that action to then carry on mm. forward. Yeah. that actually stuff happen and you kind of need your findings to then filter to up to the decision makers in the microsoft's mcdonald's and all these big international firms who then go right what plastics are we actually still got going yeah it's accountability at the end of the day isn't it and making people realize they are accountable and they have but to don't make the stuff in the plastic in the first mm-hmm. place yeah yeah then you wouldn't be doing litter picks <laughs> You wouldn't need it too, would you? No. Mm-hmm. It would get it well, it would improve, wouldn't it? It's just a yeah. yeah. So and we have we have um, easy ways to I think share that information with the online communities and, and social media mm. uh, that is so accessible at this point and in, in our generation. So I, I think being able to share that information and those findings and sort of advocate for whatever you are passionate about is it's never been better to be able to use the social platforms that we have for for good reason and Mm -hmm. to share that type of message that we want i haven't seen that interview i'm a big royal family fan so i'll have to yeah i'll have to find that why have microsoft brought out a bamboo mouse or bamboo uh, (laughs) recycled plastic is good 
step yeah but you, you could have both <laughs> so the consumer has both. yeah 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 well i'm not in the product group but <laughs> maybe we'll have to contact we'll, we'll get your feedback <laughs> yes. we'll get your feedback yeah no it's interesting stuff yeah and i think um prince charles was going on about his aston martin runs on wine and cheese so mm. i don't know on recycled mm. fuel or yeah that's all uh, indebatable that is aston martin <laughs> but anyway at least he's doing you know we need people like him you know, yeah shout yeah, absolutely. And, yeah point people in the right direction yeah. yeah yeah so do you foresee kind of your career path maybe changing into like a marine have a marine element to it rather than just where you are now I really enjoy working in technology and just being within any sort of stem um, you know type of type of organization and type of career what I would like to do, and I'm mainly on the, the business and sales side of Microsoft at this point, what I would like to do is work with customers and on initiatives that more directly relate to the ocean or, mm-hmm. or space. And so um, whether that takes me continuing technology, whether that takes me outside of it, um, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to make sure that I'm sort of bridging the gap between the two um, and, and being able to contribute in a technology world with the the needs of ocean earth sciences and space and so whatever solutions we can provide to help those areas are definitely something that I'm interested in Um, you know at the end of the day I think the goal is always to retire and and live on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean (laughs) but um, (laughs) dive every day that's the plan the plan c (laughs) probably but um you know, for now, I would definitely like to continue the career path that I'm on and make sure that it ties to any sort of ocean or space related effort um, that we have going on here. Yeah, well, that's good. And there's definitely bridges that can be created, isn't there? Um, those two to meet. Yes, there is. And, and there's there's a lot of empowerment and there's a lot of challenges, I think, that come with carving your own path and, um, you know, whatever it is that you're passionate about to all our listeners here I, I hope that you can bridge that gap for yourselves as well yeah yeah microsoft always seems uh, quite a um a forward thinking and well especially with you know bill gates his influence you know um you know he's he gives lots of money away and he's mm. very much into uh you know, human factors and making sure you know everything's all for the greater good isn't it but um, I can imagine they'd be quite supportive of you know of you doing those sort of things. Yes, absolutely. No, absolutely. I've had some great conversations. I work with fantastic people, and um, it's a it's a very large company, very large global company. So there's a lot of opportunity to to mm. figure out where your path can be. Yeah. yeah. No, it's interesting. It'll be be interesting to watch your journey as time goes on. Really good. Thank you. Yes, definitely um, welcoming. I'm a bit new to sharing things. Um, you know, with, with the online world, but trying to share more of my, my personal brand out there, my story, my journey, um, both online through the socials and all of that, as well as um, through some writing that I'm publishing on Medium. So that's been a fun little side project as well. Yeah. yeah. And you never know where these, you know, social media opens up so many doors and you never know who you might get connected to. And, yeah. you know, we've seen it and it's just like amazing. It's like, you've got this kind of view on the whole world. and Yeah, the people... spider web of network and kind of mm. starts, all of a sudden starts reaching out, doesn't it? To, yeah, it's to, been to, fun. To and this is my first podcast, so. 
<laughs> as an example <laughs> that's a first and you know that's really great because our listeners can now you know look you up and yeah sort of follow your journey as well which is really you know it's powerful isn't it yeah mm-hmm. what about photography yeah. do you you know do you like getting involved in that underwater and um do you, you know how are you mastering it how do you how do you get on with it yeah, that's a great question and, and probably an unconventional answer. I actually do not do photography underwater because I find that it is a bit like a distraction and I am not enjoying what the underwater world and all the life that is, uh, you know, uh, going across my eyes. I don't want to be behind a lens. I kind of equate it to going to a concert and you see people who are have their iPhones up the entire time and you think are they and and I'm guilty of this myself big concert goer myself but I'm not you know keeping up the camera the entire time and then you wonder if you're actually enjoying the experience itself and so I think about it the same way existing something that big yeah exactly making sure that you're really taking in everything around you and not worrying about buoyancy with the and, and and making sure you've got the right flash and, and different things going on with the camera. I, I think I would love to, because I actually do enjoy photography. I have a DSLR that I take around above the water and, and then have for many, many years, but underwater photography is definitely something I would like to do, but um, I prefer to have the focus of the dive beyond whatever the, the goal of the dive is, or just really enjoying the life that is in front of me. Yeah. yeah well we people say find the magic of the dive and yeah you don't want to be behind or worrying about your camera setup do you no. and it is again no. it's a distraction and you might miss something <laughs> well, this is it, isn't it you know so people following their gopros and like you know staring at that yeah yeah but technology yeah. comes on and you know there are gopros that you can just stick kind of on your mask and well, offer it parallels, parallels you know, yeah. Where you can stick on your um mask yeah, yeah. So there are other ways rather than have these great big, huge camera things. <laughs> it's just yes. No, I'm definitely interested in that. I've been on dives where somebody's got a, a GoPro and just takes video of the whole thing, and I, and that's fun to look back on because yeah. then you can really, um, really remember what you had seen on the dive and everything. But um, for the big setups haven't quite ventured into that yet sit your family down and give them hours of scuba diving videos yeah <laughs> that's another fish yeah. <laughs> i should yeah but again you know it's another way to get the message about what the underwater world is like to the people that haven't experienced it yet and it yeah. might you know kind of inspire them to say oh, i want to go mm-hmm Yep. Uh, you meet a lot of different people in this community and I've met people of all ages, of all backgrounds. And it's uh, the scuba diving community is a welcoming one. Everybody is here to help each other. So I've always appreciated that. Yeah. So would you want to take your diving any further, you know, sort of go down a, a teaching route or would you want to uh, go more technical route with your diving? Was is a I met some really amazing technical divers over this last year and and that definitely fascinates me. It's that would be a you know a big choice to make, but um, I, I can definitely see myself going that route. Um, even doing some volunteer work, maybe in an aquarium or, or something like that around here. I know that uh, New York City has some of those opportunities to have volunteers. I don't care if I'll clean a tank, but at least I can dive and yeah, be, cool. be underwater. So um, 
we'll see um, where that goes. Other than that, I'd like to do the dry suit certification. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I could see myself going the teaching dive master route um, as I get older and, and, and see where that takes me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds good. Yeah. So yeah, really interesting stuff. Yeah. So we, um, ask our guests kind of set questions. We've got a few set questions we ask everybody. So one of them is if you could take a liverboard, where would you go? What destination would you like to see? Great question. Uh, probably it's gotta be in the Caribbean because I would love to island hop on the, on the liverboard. So I'd love to see some of the islands that I haven't been able to see and, mm. you know, just dive into that warm shallow water and, do that on a daily basis that would be fantastic so anywhere around the caribbean grand cayman that sort of area yeah, yeah. have you um dived anywhere else around the world apart from the caribbean and the u.s apart from here in the caribbean that is about it number one on my bucket list is to dive with whale sharks so maybe that will take mm -hmm. me to mexico belize area yeah um and and that was sort of going to be a covid trip that got squashed so maybe it'll come back around very soon yeah no that sounds good that would be yeah. an amazing trip to count do you get a chance to go to uh, any of the dive shows no i haven't i've heard of them and, and especially now with joining uh this club I, I definitely see more of those notices than i did before but um i have not yeah it'd be worth going to you know the uh, is one of the biggest and uh, i know although yes. saying that not still a long way away from uh that's but i think they they uh changed the location yeah. it's not always in las vegas last year that was in las vegas but i know that's not just a short hop yeah it's not but everybody can always fit in a trip to vegas if they'd like so <laughs> yeah. no, <laughs> certainly there are worse places to go in the u.s <laughs> yeah i bet yeah i bet but i've never been there but i'd like to yeah. um, oh it's fun if you could take three people diving with you, who would you like? Who would you take? And you could take somebody from history if you wanted, or whoever, really. Great question. That's a tough one. I think I would. At first glance, I was going to say, well, my mom, my dad, and my sister, because they have not yet, and I hope to one day be able to convince them to do that. <laughs> but if I had to throw someone in there from history, I mean, it, it's probably an obvious answer, but I, Sylvia Earle is fantastic and such an inspiration so um to be side by side with her and something like that would be incredible yeah 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 she's often a popular choice and it's amazing that she's so you know current still yeah. with her views and her you know, statements that she comes out with yes and i mean the documentaries just keep coming out and she seems to still be very heavily involved in all of those and i always learn a lot from them and hopefully with it being so widely accessible through to the public, these documentaries can shed some light for other people too. Yeah, it's, it's just getting the message out there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So talking of messages, um, if we gave you a billboard to put out there that the whole world could see, so it could be a statement, it could be a picture, it could be a video, it could be dance, anything, what message would you put on your billboard to get out to the world? I would say live an adventurous life, be a lifelong learner, be an explorer, <laughs> all those things. Um, you know, no matter what, again, no matter what age, no matter what background you have, find what it is that 
sparks that that sort of explore and adventurous aspect to your life and and follow that path yeah no that's really good yeah that could um, be the title of this episode <laughs> Samantha <laughs> Felucci living an adventurous life yeah or how to live an adventurous <laughs> life I I would love that because I actually had that written on my wall on uh, a piece of paper growing up in my childhood bedroom it said give yourself the gift of an adventurous life and that doesn't always mean scuba diving to great depths or climbing mm. Mount Everest I mean it could be just living in a different city uh, than you're used to yeah. or climbing a mountain try- trying a new job or, or getting out of getting out of your comfort zone in some way it doesn't have to be you know something crazy outdoors for me it tends to be but <laughs> I think <laughs> you know no matter what that is find it and and you know we don't have to live complacently through life no, no and don't ever change because I, I tell you you know uh, it's important to live you know an adventurous life I, I totally agree with that yeah. and uh, take every opportunity and yeah. not have any limits do I dare say it? hashtag seize the day seize the day yes yeah. uh, <laughs> seize the day yes hopefully in the sea <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no that's great and I think um you know anybody should kind of live by those kind of words really because it's yeah you can apply it to every level and every aspect of life it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be a huge adventure it can just be something that you're just going to do for the day and yeah it's just mm-hmm. but it's good so, yeah. what you're doing it's good what you're doing you know you are uh, you doing stuff on your doorstep you're involved with people like microsoft the space you know and uh that, that's really great to hear um uh, because you find these little bits of plastic and then you can re- you know, letting people know who do need to know about look what's going on in our beach right there. Absolutely. No, there's every beach needs help. So um, the more I can do to bring awareness to it and also, you know, bring awareness to the youth below me and and carry that forward and mentor youth in STEM and make sure that they carry that torch moving forward too. We often hear about this stuff happening far away and it's, um, you know, it's the other side of the world. But, you know, when you find it on your doorstep, uh, as you are, you know, and it's good that you're reporting that to, you know, upwards um, as, you know, as mm. we all do, you know, we'll you know, try and do stuff about all this and highlight it and talk about it more and hopefully more happens especially with cop 26 going on yeah it'd be interesting to see the outcome yeah of what goes on in the next few weeks yes i hope that the the leaders that can make those decisions make the right ones so yeah we can all help in our own lives and in our daily lives and in smaller Mm -hmm. ways but we do need at the end of the day those bigger choices and uh, ways of enforcement to be made so We'll see what happens and comes out of that. Yeah. Well, the last one is when the Paris Agreement got um, approved, mm. wasn't it? So mm. a few years ago. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. It'll be good. Any little change that we can do ourselves, you know, all adds to the bigger cause as yeah. well. So yeah, it's kind of never give up. No, no, that's brilliant. <laughs> so if people want to follow you uh, and they've heard your story and they're thinking, right, where do I go to follow you? Where are they best to go? The best place would be on Instagram. My handle is at cspacesam. And that's where I post some of my updates, my my journey, past, present, and future. And uh, we'll share any 
any cool tidbits uh, around the ocean, sustainability, or space that I find that I think are worth sharing and, and educating others on. You mentioned you're doing some writing. So Correct. On there as well? Yes, I put it on the Instagram page, but you can also find me on Medium. I believe it's um, sfalcucci.medium.com. And that is more geared around space writing. I'll probably throw some ocean and scuba related writing on there as well. Um, but uh, writing about topics I find interesting, my mm -hmm. experiences within the analog astronautics um, programs and all those sorts of things. So you can also mm -hmm. find me there. Oh, brilliant. Great. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, we'll put that um, obviously in the show notes and then hopefully you'll get some more followers and, you know, maybe some DM <laughs> people interested. Yeah. So because it all, yeah, it always opens up some conversation. I think it's really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Definitely early on in my journey and um, hoping to continue that trajectory and inspire others along the way. That's what it's all about. People. So it's been really nice meeting you too. That's yeah, you too. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Yeah. It was a good chat. Yeah, we'll keep yeah, in touch no, as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks anything. for your time. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for the time. Thanks for coordinating. And I'll definitely keep in touch. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Cool. All right. All right. Enjoy the rest Have a good rest of your day. Yeah. yeah. And you. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organization, and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba Bat Phone. And the number is plus four four seven eight one zero 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 five nine two four. We will always respond promptly. And thank you once again for downloading this episode.